Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your monday night raw post show for february 13th 2023 i'm your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your monday evenings wherever you may be man what a segment tonight it's the talk of the town on Monday Night Raw, Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn in the ring together, face-to-face. Sami infiltrating Monday Night Raw, not really a Monday Night Raw superstar. I, I like the way Sami Zayn is kind of throwing himself into these situations. Big hood over his face, over his head. He just gets into the ring like he's some outsider, like he's some rogue, like he's evading the police or something. I love it. And he gets in the ring and calls Cody Rhodes out for a face-to-face about what Cody Rhodes said to Paul Heyman last week on Monday Night Raw. You know, a lot of people in the IWC, including myself, we were all genuinely concerned. And I said this on the Royal Rumble post-show just a few weeks back, the way WWE handled Cody Rhodes going into the Rumble and then having him win the Rumble and then mixing that with the meteoric rise and the fan reception to Sami Zayn, it wasn't going to be a pretty look for WWE if they fucked up once. That's all it was going to take. WWE needed to play this game of chess absolutely perfect. The fans are a very fickle bunch of people. You do not want to do something that will set them off and have them sway one way over the other. Sway one way, which is the way that WWE doesn't want, because if that happens, WWE's never getting them back. Everybody said it. Everybody was worried about it. WWE may be looking at a situation where the fans turn on Cody Rhodes in favor of Sami Zayn. Keep Sami Zayn away from Cody Rhodes. Let's have their stories individually take place instead of mixing them together. Everybody said it. Everybody was worried. If you were not worried, if you predicted this wouldn't happen so you can get one over on the dirt sheets or the podcasters, give yourself a fucking fake round of applause. You earn nothing. You don't matter, and you were just as worried as everybody else. Everybody was concerned that it was going to sway one way over the other. WWE took a huge risk tonight. They, t- they, they took the biggest risk out of all tonight with Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes having a face-to-face 
in the ring on Monday Night Raw. And I don't think it's going to be the last. First of all, I don't think it's going to be the last, and I don't think it should be the last face-to-face. There needs to be one more face-to-face. This time, the roles would be reversed. I'll get to that in a little bit. Everybody was worried, and they took a huge risk tonight. Fans ate that shit up, and they were both over in front of the New York City crowd. Sammy was as over as he's ever been. Cody was as over as he's ever been. And WWE played this absolutely brilliantly. That was one of the most brilliant segments that I think you'll see on the road to WrestleMania. Sami Zayn came out and basically asked Cody, did what you say last week, was that true? Was that legit? Did you mean every word you said that I could beat Roman Reigns? And Cody Rhodes basically said, yes, I believe it. I think you're going to walk into WrestleMania as the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. And I'll be wrestling you at WrestleMania instead of Roman Reigns in the main event. That in itself was the biggest fucking risk. And they just kept the ball rolling. Sami Zayn doubted himself. I don't know, says uh, says Sami Zayn to Cody Rhodes. I don't know if I can beat Roman Reigns. And Cody Rhodes became a cheerleader. He hyped up Sami Zayn to a point where he made Sami Zayn believe that he could get the job done. Finish the story. Finish your story. I've been telling everybody I'm going to finish mine. And you know what? When you beat Roman, I don't want to see you the following night at Wrestle, uh, on Monday Night Raw. I want to see you at WrestleMania. Don't even show up. Don't show up to Monday Night Raw. Show up at WrestleMania in the main event. WWE made sure tonight that Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes and the fans of Sammy, they played everything so perfectly that they are not going to have to worry about anything regarding fan backlash at all. What they did with Cody was a huge gamble. I did not expect it. I did not think it was going to work out the way that it did tonight. And luckily, the New York City crowd, they gave it their all. They were the loudest during that segment, and rightfully so. Turning Cody Rhodes into a personal cheerleader for Sami Zayn and depicting and portraying Cody Rhodes as the cheerleader for Sami instead of ignoring it, instead of him focusing on Roman solely and not even embracing Sami Zayn. The fact that he became a cheerleader, Sami's biggest cheerleader here, showing to the fans that Cody Wants exactly what the fans want, and that is Sami Zayn beating Roman Reigns. That made Cody into even a bigger hero than he was before. And a lot of people are wondering, well, why was this so great? Isn't this going to really push the narrative of Sami Zayn? Aren't you thinking right now that Sami Zayn has a, a, a shot, a possibility of beating Roman Reigns? No. No. Sami Zayn is not beating Roman Reigns at the Elimination Chamber on Saturday. He's not. It's not his story. It's not his end goal. What they did with Cody 
was ensure, Cody, that by cheering Sami Zayn on, you're safe. Let's follow the trend. Let's follow the narrative. The fans want Sami Zayn. Cody Rhodes can't be hated if Cody Rhodes follows Sami Zayn as well going into Saturday. It's brilliant. It's absolutely fucking brilliant. And when we get to Saturday, Cody Rhodes and Roman will be on the island of relevancy all to themselves because it's not going to be Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn. It's not going to be the fans worrying about Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns should be the match at WrestleMania. What you are going to get at Elimination Chamber on Saturday is the lasting image of Cody Rhodes on Monday tonight. And all of that, again, it's going to blow away like dust in the wind. It's going to be Jey Uso and Sami Zayn. It's going to be Jimmy and Jey Uso and Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. You're going to have a new most hated heel in the company. You're going to have a new storyline to sink your teeth into. You're going to have a new narrative that WWE is going to push the next night on Monday and the following Friday on SmackDown. They followed the narrative. They basically were building, the fans were building the yellow brick road and they had Cody Rhodes follow the yellow brick road that the fans were building in regards to Sami Zayn. Can't go wrong with that. And on top of that, all that this did tonight was continue to build sympathy for Sami Zayn. He's already going to get a monstrous, and I mean an epically monstrous reaction in Montreal. If you have all the fans on Sami Zayn's side wanting Sami Zayn to beat Roman Reigns, and then you got Cody on top of that, how can you not feel bad for Sami Zayn when he inevitably loses to Roman Reigns because of the bloodline? All of Sami Zayn's worries are gone. He basically told you what was going to happen tonight because he said tonight in the trenches, I know their game plan. I've been there for nine months. It's impossible. They always, always, always come out on the receiving end with a win. It is incredibly difficult to take down, take them down when they're on their game. Sami Zayn basically told you what was going to happen. The sympathy for Sami Zayn is what the most important part of all of this was. This is all that this was designed to do. Build and continue to build sympathy for Sami Zayn. How sympathetic are people going to be for Sami Zayn when he does not get the job done and it's not because of Cody and it's not because of Sami. It's going to be because of the bloodline. Everything that they did tonight was absolutely fucking 100% a risk and my God, did it come off perfectly. Roman Reigns, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this right now. And I'm going, to re, I'm going to reiterate this throughout the weeks on the road to WrestleMania. Roman Reigns, this entire storyline is absolutely, I, I, am, I am very fortunate. We are very fortunate that we're living in this time where this level of storytelling is being told on WWE television. Roman Reigns is the greatest final boss in WWE history. It is amazing to see what the man has done 
in the last two years. It's amazing to see where he was and how I was towards Roman Reigns. Wanting and wanting and wanting for six years for this Roman Reigns. It's amazing to see where he, uh, where he was and where he is now. Roman Reigns, and I'm including a Shawn Michaels, a Bret Hart, a, a Hulk Hogan, an Ultimate Warrior, a, 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 all the greatest, all the, the Rock, Stone Cold. He is the greatest final boss that anybody has had to rival ever is Roman Reigns. Simple. There's nobody greater. At the end of this run, you are going to be you're going to be saying the same thing. Roman Reigns is the greatest final boss in the history of WWE. Because because of this level of storytelling, how the bloodline's been depicted on television and what they've turned all of that group into. Seriously. It is truly an amazing thing to be watching unfold. Look at what has been done with this Sammy and KO narrative. I mean, these guys are going to be the biggest stars in the entire company. That reaction when they take down the Usos at WrestleMania is going to be, to me, the moment of the entire weekend. It is amazing. Amazing. Everything they did tonight was fucking picture perfect. A risk that could have absolutely fucking backfired. Absolutely. In New York, of all cities, to do that. They'd fucking drop you like a sack of dimes in New York City. They wanted, everybody wants Sammy. They could have easily told WWE, fuck this guy, we want Sammy. They didn't. They were both even. And WWE walked that line. They took a risk and it worked out beautifully. Now they don't have to worry. Now they don't have to worry. Of course they don't have to worry. Cody's on Sammy's, Sammy's side, just like everybody else. And when Sammy doesn't do it, and the sympathy card comes into play on Saturday night, and it's not about Cody and Sammy or Roman and Sammy, and it's becoming Jay and Jimmy against Sammy and KO, you're not going to have to worry. WWE's not going to have to worry. The road will be paved to WrestleMania, to Los Angeles, and we will have two incredible stories at our fingertips to absolutely just get drowned in on the road to WrestleMania. You can't book a better show than that. Love it. Absolutely love it. Other than that, I didn't really care for much of this show at all. The other big thing that happened tonight was Becky Lynch and Bayley wanted in to the Women's Elimination Chamber, and I was very concerned, and I even put out something which is usually my, my kryptonite. I put out something before watching it happen because I know where WWE goes. And I know how they love beating champions on TV for no reason. And I love, you know, how everybody's like, oh, well, why don't you watch it play out? Like, like, we're supposed to trust these fucking people no matter who's in charge. Becky Lynch has been in a championship match for the last, since WrestleMania 35. You don't think WWE has a, a desire to put this woman in a championship match again at WrestleMania? Of course you're worried. Of course everybody's like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. What about Asuka? That was my point. What about Asuka? Becky wants in. Bailey wants in. But what about Asuka? Asuka is the perfect opponent for Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. So out comes Bianca, and we get a triple threat match to make the open of the Elimination Chamber on Saturday into a triple threat match. 
And it would have included either Bailey or Becky if they got the win tonight. Luckily, uh, they did not get the victory. And Bianca, as a champion in a non-title match, got the win in the main event. So WWE, I mean, they, they love to toy with the fact that Becky or Bailey or someone like Becky is going to get into a championship match. But to be quite honest with you guys, Becky Lynch doesn't deserve a fucking main event. She doesn't deserve a championship match. She's done nothing. So why even bother? And we'll go over why and why I think toying with that idea over and over and over again and neglecting the other women on the roster is the reason why the fucking division sucks. Don't like it. Don't like it. Other than that, WWE built Seth Rollins and Logan Paul tonight. That is uh, inevitably, undoubtedly, going to be a WrestleMania match. And the Elimination Chamber men's build continued tonight. Edge, Beth Phoenix, Finn Balor, Rhea Ripley. Very excited about that one. Decent go-home show. Very mid-level Brooklyn crowd tonight at the Barclays Center. All in all, WWE didn't really need to do much of anything on this show because you're all invested in what's going on at the chamber anyway. They usually never do anything on these go-home shows regardless of what show it is or who's in the main event or what's being built or how good the storylines are. They didn't need to do much of anything. Sammy and Roman, that's it. That's the story. You're going to watch regardless. Appreciate you guys joining me right here on the podcast, man. We are live 2,200 plus in the OTS venue. Thank you guys very much. We got some great shit coming up. Brand new week of content coming up. I'll be live for the Elimination Chamber on Saturday night. Make sure you guys RSVP. You guys know where to be. It's right here on OTS. Make sure you guys do me a favor, man. Hit that subscribe button down below. We are 50 subscribers away. From 141,000 subscribers. I appreciate you guys very much. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Two extras the last two days. Some chamber spoilers. News on Jay White. News on Randy Orton. News on Baron Corbin being canceled. Lots of stuff. Go check that stuff out on the homepage if you missed any of it. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Everything you need is linked down below in the description of this very video. Gonna need you guys to hit that thumbs up as well. I would really appreciate it. Hit that thumbs up. 1,000 likes is the goal, as always. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show with our cold beverages. Make sure you guys get those memberships in, man. You're gonna want to be a part of the debut, the unveiling of my mother's basement. You're going to want to do it. You're going to want to do it, man. That opening night, I'm telling you right now, man, this is this is breaking news. Opening night to my mother's basement will be members only. Because that's what we got to do, man. We, we just can't let anybody into my mother's basement. You guys got to RSVP and you guys got to become a VIP. So whenever it is, members only for my mother's basement. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. Make sure you guys go hit them up. Free sample. 
All you guys have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. I want to thank them, as always, for sponsoring the show right here on Off the Scripts. Jesse won't tell you what it looks like. Well, uh, M. Rouse, 7-9, in the chat. Maybe if you became a venue member or a VIP, you would have already seen what it looks like, bro. Become a VIP. Stop complaining. Stop complaining. Let's get into the Monday Night Raw breakdown here, man. Start off at the top. And we start off with Becky Lynch. She's in the ring with Adam Pearce. And the man has come to Brooklyn, she says. Welcome to Monday Night Raw. She even brought Adam Pearce with her. He was dressed up all spiffy. And she says she was dressed up to be in New York City tonight. She wanted to look good for the New York City fans. So she said it felt great to beat Bailey in a cage match last week. She thanked Lita for having her back. She said she realized this past week that her path to WrestleMania was no longer clear. She said she was so distracted by damage control and all of them being fools, she lost sight of the Raw Women's Championship. I don't know why Becky Lynch is talking about the Raw Women's Championship. She's done really nothing to even earn a shot. This is what I don't really get. WWE just cycles through the same people over and over and over again, especially in the women's division. It's like they have a fucking disease. They can't get over it. An illness they can't get over. Charlotte, Becky, Becky, Charlotte, Bianca, Becky. It's the same fucking people. Over and over and over again. No wonder the division is fucking stagnant and stale. We want fresh, young, new talent. If WWE put as much effort into building up the younger talent and the talent that hasn't gotten a chance on the roster, instead of giving all of it and all their attention to Charlotte and Bianca and Becky and Bailey and damage control, maybe the division would be better off for it. Just saying. She lost sight of the Raw Women's Championship. She said she likes to fight into things, and she's less than a week away from the Elimination Chamber. She told Adam Pearce, let's up the ante. I know you like to make fights. She asked for the opportunity to fight her way into the Elimination Chamber tonight. So out comes Bailey. Bailey enters the ring, and she's complaining to Adam Pearce that last week, because of Lita, she wants that loss to Becky Lynch inside the steel cage to be wiped from the record books. Yeah, not going to happen. By the way, no Lita tonight, and no rumored Trish Stratus at tonight's Monday Night Raw either. Now, we could still see Trish Stratus during the Elimination Chamber show. Maybe they set up something for WrestleMania, but I will talk about that in a second. So, she wants that scrubbed from the record books. She said she's a Grand Slam champion, and she doesn't know what that's like. Becky doesn't know what that's like. Becky fired back that she's a WrestleMania main eventer, which Bayley doesn't know anything about. Bailey said nobody wants to see Becky versus Bianca Belair again because Becky lost. That's a shoot, folks. That's a shoot. Nobody wants to see Becky versus Bianca again. It's the same old tired bullshit. Becky said they stole the show, whereas Bailey was nowhere to be found on your little peg leg. 
I don't know why we're making fun of Bailey's injury that she's trying to recover from because a healthy Bailey is better for the division. So Bailey said she has successfully defended both the Raw and SmackDown titles at WrestleMania. Becky said she won both of them in one night. They began talking over each other and bickering. They acted very immaturely here. So Bianca Belair comes out. Her, her entrance music hits. She gets into the ring, and everybody was focused on Bianca Belair. Jesse was drooling. I seen him drooling through my phone. Tony Brown probably had his eyes pop out of his head. Social media went into a frenzy. And Montez Ford was like, yeah, bitch, that's my woman. That's my wife. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Maybe you should go get your own Bianca Belair. So Belair gets into the ring. And she says she likes where this is going because she likes competition and wants to face the best of the best. She said they are already looking at six women in the chamber, but if they want to get to her, they should have to go through her tonight. So Adam Pierce then said, you know what? That's a great idea. Triple threat match with all three of them later. And if Bel Air wins, Becky and Bailey are out and do not make the chamber. If Becky and Bailey win, they are in the chamber. If they lose, none of them get in. So the stakes are pretty high here. So if Bel Air wins, they're out. If Bailey and Becky win, then they get to be in the chamber and it will expand to a seven competitor chamber and start as a triple threat. Now, I wasn't really okay with this because I always say, why, 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 Becky, why does Becky need to be involved in a championship program every single time? She doesn't deserve it. She doesn't need to be there. It's always great to see other women get involved, especially going into WrestleMania season. This is why everybody would love to see Asuka. Asuka versus Bianca Belair is a great WrestleMania match. I think it's great, especially with the murder clown, Kana, Asuka, running wild on Monday Night Raw. I think that would be a great WrestleMania match. Now, as far as this, I was worried. Because I started asking, what about Asuka? What about Asuka? It defies the laws of logic with the Elimination Chamber having six spots and two of the women are in the ring, starting with four others locked up behind cages. So we're going to add another in there to make it a triple threat. Give me a break. I think that would be awful. Nobody wanted to see that. Now, what WWE was trying to do here was basically make something out of what we got going on here that ultimately resulted in nothing and basically continue to build Becky Lynch and Bailey, because outside of what is already being rumored for WrestleMania, we got Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. We got Bianca Belair and Asuka rumored for the Monday Night Raw Women's Championship. Where does that leave Bailey and where does that leave Becky? This is why we saw Lita last week. Now, I thought that they were building to a big six-woman tag team match at the Elimination Chamber with Lita showing up last week and then going into Montreal, going into Canada, Trish Stratus probably would have showed up tonight is what I was thinking. I said this last week. She would have showed up tonight, making this a three-on-three with damage control, Bailey, Kai, and Sky. Now it looks like we're not getting that. Now it looks like we're not getting that at the chamber, and we may actually see that kind of develop 
at the Elimination Chamber on Saturday, which will then result in that being built on the road to WrestleMania. Which I don't really mind either, because if you really think about it, what is Becky and what is Bailey going to do at WrestleMania if they're not involved in either championship match? It's better than adding them to the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. It's better than adding them to the SmackDown Women's Championship just to get them in a championship match. You know how WWE loves to do that. Nobody wants to see that. Why do you want to take away an opportunity like that from both Asuka and Rhea Ripley? It's their moment. It's their night. Let them have it. I think giving Becky and Bayley a major match with two superstars, two Hall of Famers like Lita and Trish Stratus, not only ups the WrestleMania card, but it gives them something to do, something great to do where they don't have to challenge for a championship. Great. I'm okay with that. And additionally, if you really want to think about it, Dakota Kai and Io Sky are still the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. There isn't a solid team in WWE on the main roster that is even WrestleMania worthy to be wrestling for a women's championship. So who would Dakota Kai and Io Sky defend those championships against at WrestleMania that you would want to see? It's nobody. So the triple threat that we could have gotten tonight, I'm glad they didn't get that and get added to the chamber. And we're now looking at a potential Lita, Tristratus, and Becky Lynch versus Bayley, Dakota Kai, and Io Shirai at WrestleMania. I am okay with that. I am okay with that. Perfectly fine. So we'll see what happens, but Trish wasn't on the show tonight. Lita did show up. I'm thinking that's where they go. I hope that's where they go. Otherwise, WWE more than likely is going to take whoever wins the chamber and then add Becky or Bailey or both to the Monday Night Raw Women's Championship match, making it a fatal four-way, and we don't want that to happen. And that's just lame. Because that would just ruin all of the chamber and make it absolutely irrelevant. Waste of my time. So, Byron Saxton, he's in the back. He approached Dominic, Finn Balor, and Damian Priest. He asked Priest if he's ready for the chamber. Priest said the real question is whether everyone else in the chamber is ready to step in the chamber with him. Dominic said he learned a thing or two when he was locked up, and Priest is going to win the chamber just like he won his block. He said he talked to Rhea Ripley earlier, and she's excited for the chamber as he is for Valentine's Day. Balor said they're ready to handle business tonight. Damian Priest is not winning the Elimination Chamber. He's not winning the United States Championship. It doesn't make sense for him to. Now, on the flip side, I do think Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley beat Beth Phoenix and Edge. And then we get from that Edge and Finn Balor inside Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania. And I think the feud ends at WrestleMania. So I think they're going to trade one for another. And Edge is going to get the victory over Balor at WrestleMania. That's just my prediction. So Damian Priest not going to win the United States Championship inside the chamber. We'll talk about the chamber a little bit later. Chris Rollins was on the show. Austin Theory was on the show. Bronson Reed was on the show. So we'll talk about the men's United States Championship chamber match a little bit later. Damian Priest and Finn Balor. They defeated the Street Profits in about eight minutes. Montez Ford wiped out Priest with a dive. Angela Dawkins yanked Dominic into the ring off the apron, gave him a big pounce. This distraction allowed Ballard to give Dawkins a sling blade, coup de grace, and was basically 
all she wrote. Half of the match took place in the commercial. Not really a lot to this. Angelo Dawkins got the hot tag. He ran wild. And then he ended up being... He ended up being on the losing end to the Judgment Day here on Monday Night Raw. Judgment Day then attacked Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins post-match. This is where things really broke down. And Priest attacked Ford in the corner. Edge and Beth Phoenix charged to the ring. Edge and the Prophets then cleared the ring of Judgment Day. Phoenix was in the ring with Dominic all by herself. Gave Dominic a clothesline when he charged at her. They said Rhea Ripley, and we were told Rhea Ripley was not in the building tonight, and she was. Rhea Ripley showed up and attacked Beth Phoenix from behind. Rhea Ripley was not even there, supposedly, and she gave Beth Phoenix her finishing move, the riptide right in the middle of the ring. Judgment Day gathered at ringside. They all laughed and smiled, and they got one over on Edge and Beth Phoenix. Now, as Pro Wrestling 101 usually states, the heels got one over on the babyface on the go-home show. I don't think it matters here. I think we get Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor beating Edge and Beth Phoenix at the Elimination Chamber. That's just my prediction. And like I said, I think we get from that Hell in a Cell. And we get Balor, Edge, Hell in a Cell, WrestleMania with Edge getting the victory and finally ending his feud with Finn Balor and Judgment Day. But I'm very much looking forward to that mixed tag team match at the Elimination Chamber. I think that's going to be crazy fun. And I think Montreal is going to bring the heat for that match. It's going to be great. Brock Lesnar. He made his way down to the ring. We have what is being called a colossal contract signing for their match at the Elimination Chamber. So Lesnar made his way down to the ring. He's standing there with Adam Pearce. There's a table in the ring. He's got the contract in hand. He said Lesnar's present, and he signed the contract last week. Lesnar then lifted his cowboy hat. He salutes the fans in New York City. Pierce said Lashley hasn't signed it yet, and he wasn't out there. Lesnar told Pierce to get to the point because he wants to go home, and he wants to go fly back home to Saskatchewan because being in New York City for this bullshit contract signing doesn't interest someone like Brock. Lesnar lifted his cowboy hat, salutes the fans. He told Pierce to get on with it. He said all he needs is Lashley to sign the contract. He told Lashley to sign the damn contract. Lashley comes out. Lesnar smiles. And then he sees Lashley have a bunch of cronies, a bunch of stagehands, bring out another table and another chair, and they bring it onto the stage. He was going to conduct this contract signing away from Lesnar and have his own table and sign the contract on his own time, on his own table, sitting in his own chair, away from Brock Lesnar. So Lashley's mind games, according to Graves, continue to make Lesnar mad. And that is true. Lesnar's waiting and waiting and waiting. All these mind games by Bobby Lashley. Lashley walked out, stood at the table. Pierce asked, what is this all about? Can you come to the ring and please keep things simple? Lashley said, this isn't the Brock Lesnar show where he gets to do whatever he wants. He said, whenever they wrestle, he either leaves him unconscious or eliminates him from the Royal Rumble. I love how confident Bobby Lashley is against somebody like Brock Lesnar. Not something you usually see every day. Lesnar told Lashley, get his ass up there, sign the damn contract. Lashley kicked up his feet on the desk, his own personal desk. 
And he listed all the people that he had look at the contract, including his lawyers, his kids, etc., etc. So Adam Pierce interjected and then said, come on and sign it. Lashley said he doesn't know if he's going to. And Lesnar told Lashley, Bobby, get your ass up here and sign the contract. Then all of a sudden, New York, New York City started chanting, Bobby's scared. Bobby's scared. And Lesnar acknowledged this chant from Brooklyn and started laughing at the Bobby's scared chant. Lesnar said if he doesn't sign the contract, he's going to go up there and beat his ass, which he did. He went up there, but Lashley told him, I don't think you have the balls to. Lesnar plowed through all of Lashley's security, and when Lashley was standing there all by himself, he charged through the remaining security and dropped Lesnar right on the ramp. And then he gives Lesnar a back body drop, a spear on the ramp, and basically all of this was a setup to get another cheap shot in on Brock Lesnar. Lashley signed the contract, threw it on Lesnar's chest, and it's official. It's official. So what they did here is basically tell you who the babyface is and who the heel is in this thing. They quietly, they quietly had turned Bobby Lashley. Now, I thought Bobby Lashley was a babyface. But, I mean, you're going up against Brock Lesnar, and I think WWE wants to pretty much tell you that Lesnar is the babyface going into this. So they quietly turned Bobby Lashley into a heel slightly going into this match because Lesnar is the overwhelming fan favorite in this thing. And Bobby Lashley was getting booze and acting very heelish out there. And this match is happening officially at the Elimination Chamber. Now, I wasn't happy at all with their first match. I thought it was terrible. I thought it was overhyped. I got excited about it like a fool. I was, I'm like, all right, this is finally happening. We're going to get the Lashley-Lesnar match that apparently WWE wanted to stay away from, but they gave it to us anyway. It fucking bombed at the Royal Rumble last year. Then we got the match that they did in Saudi, which was worse than the first one. Then we got Lashley eliminating Lesnar in the Royal Rumble in about two minutes. He throws an absolute fucking animalistic rage at ringside, plows through a referee, takes steel steps, and bashes the commentary table with him. He's causing chaos at the Royal Rumble, took out Baron Corbin, poor Baron Corbin, and he made his elimination very much memorable in the 2023 Royal Rumble. Now we got from that, we got this match at the Elimination Chamber. And to be quite honest with you folks, I, I don't know who's excited about this match because dating back to what we've seen already, they've shit the bed twice. I don't expect much of anything different going into the chamber with these two at Saturday's pay-per-view. I, I, I don't. I don't see anything coming out of Lesnar that's drastically different. I don't see anything drastically different coming out of Bobby Lashley at all. In fact, I don't even think we get a, a clear outcome. I don't even think we get a winner on Saturday. Because what are these guys going to do going into WrestleMania? What is Bobby Lashley going to do at WrestleMania? What is Brock Lesnar going to do at WrestleMania if they aren't in a match together? So we got Lashley winning the first one, Brock Lesnar winning the second one, Bobby Lashley getting an elimination over Lesnar in the Royal Rumble, which doesn't really count as a victory. They are tied 1-1. They're not ending this feud at the chamber. They don't have an opponent lined up for either one of them going into WrestleMania. I don't even think we get an outcome. 
It's going to end in some fuck finish. It's going to end in a countout or a fucking no contest or a DQ. And then we're going to get the match again at WrestleMania. Some sort of stipulation match. Maybe it's a last man standing. Maybe it's a street fight. Something along those lines. Loser leaves the brand. I don't know. I'm not excited about it. I'm not. I thought they would put on a much better performance than they did the last two times, so I'm not really expecting much out of either one of them. And I don't really expect much from Brock Lesnar nowadays anyway. The best match that he's had in months, in years, has been that match with Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. And the only reason why that one was so good was because it was just fucking utter chaos. Utter chaos. I didn't expect much of anything coming out of that match. Kind of done with Brock Lesnar on WWE TV, to be quite honest with you. I think we've kind of expended everything we can from Brock Lesnar. More than likely, the Hurt Business is going to get involved. Again, we saw the Hurt Business tonight backstage discussing some sort of plan. Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin were there with MVP. They weren't actually on the show. They were back in the backstage area during a segment. So they're going to be showing up on Saturday, I believe. And they're going to help Bobby Lashley or... I don't want to say help Bobby Lashley win. They're going to try and help Bobby Lashley win, but I think it's going to end in a no contest or a DQ or, or something like that. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. But um, I said this on Twitter. This contract signing was actually pretty decent. This contract signing was probably better than their last two matches combined. I was more entertained by this than their last match in Saudi. Go figure. Piper Niven. She went one-on-one with, uh, what is it, Meechin? Or is it Mia Yim? Is it Mia Yim Meechin? Or is it Meechin Mia I don't know, man. She's got like four different fucking names. What is she? Piper Niven versus Mia Yim. Three minutes. Not really much going on here. An undercard women's match that doesn't really amount to much of anything. Can't really get over in three minutes. Crowd didn't give a shit. Neither did I. Piper Niven wins. So, Meechin's DDT on Piper Niven right on top of her head. Niven seemed to hit harder than um, I expected. So, she saw the impact of it, grabbing her head. Niven caught a charging Meechin in what she calls the Loch Ness Slam. One-armed turning power slam for the win. One, two, three, and that's it. That's it. Mia Yim. Continues to be an afterthought on this show. Not really much of anything. She is uh, alone because AJ's not there. The OC is not there. Don't know where they are. Apparently, WWE's got nothing for them going into WrestleMania. And they got some special sort of contract where if they're not being used, they don't show up to the building. So they're home doing whatever they got to do. So Mia Yim is all by herself. Piper Niven wins in three minutes. I kind of like the fact, and I guess I'll give one positive here to this. I like the fact that they're building Piper Niven up as a badass. She is basically the badass of the women's division. But at the end of the day, folks, who cares? Who is actually giving a shit about Piper Niven on Monday Night Raw? There's another woman out there getting zero reaction every time she goes out. It's tough. It's tough. Not going to be an easy one for Triple H and getting this women's division back to where it needs to be. So, we were going to have Kathy Kelly 
who I don't mind on TV at all. More Kathy Kelly, please. She was there with Baron Corbin, and she was going to address the harsh comments by JBL towards Baron Corbin. So we got this sad, depressed-looking Baron Corbin here as Kathy Ke- I don't know why he's sad and depressed with Kathy Kelly standing next to him. Don't understand it. If you guys missed the news, Triple H has canceled Baron Corbin's JBL, Baron's Cor- Baron Corbin's push with JBL. The partnership there is no more. I don't know where Baron Corbin's going. I don't know what's going on with Baron Corbin. I don't really give a shit. I think the show is better off without Baron Corbin, to be quite honest with you. But apparently, Triple H has deemed the run and the gimmick of Baron Corbin a failure. He's pulled the plug. It took him three months too late to pull the plug. Could have told you that on week one. I said that on the first night that JBL showed up with Baron Corbin. It just did not resonate with me at all. It gave you go-away heat vibes big time. It wasn't, oh, man. JBL's going to make Baron Corbin a better heel. I didn't get any of those vibes ever with the pairing. They wanted us to believe that Baron Corbin was a modern-day wrestling god. No. No, I'm sorry. That just is absolutely outlandishly ridiculous. No way. I said this on my extra. Baron Corbin, no matter what you do with Baron Corbin, he will forever be a loser. Seven fucking years this man has been on the main roster. You would think that he would be up there as far as, you know, talent on the WWE roster. Seven years and is still a loser. And to be quite honest with you, Baron Corbin isn't totally to blame. There... WWE Creative has fucked him over so many times. They took him from the lone wolf gimmick, which was great, and they made him into this heel that you see today. He was Constable Corbin, King Corbin. They gave him King of the Ring. They gave him Money in the Bank, a United States title. I mean, he's the last guy that's beaten Roman Reigns officially in the record books. Bum-ass Corbin, JBL Corbin, Happy Corbin. Everything that Corbin has done has been a complete miss. From his days in black and gold, it's been a complete failure. He's got one of the worst Money in the Bank cash-ins of all time. I'll never forget what they did with that fucking cash-in. Oh, my God. Guy sucks. The whole gimmick sucks. It's like the Dolph Ziggler effect. No matter what they do, no matter what they do, where they put Dolph Ziggler, who they put him in the ring with, it's like, yes, Dolph Ziggler is fucking great. Dolph Ziggler's incredible. If you talk about some of the best pro wrestlers on the roster, Dolph Ziggler is up there in the top five easy in WWE. Easy. He is tremendous. But every time you see Dolph Ziggler on TV, no matter how long he's been out, it doesn't matter. It's how long is it? Has, how long has he been there? Fifteen years. He's still a loser. WWE's conditioned you, the fan, to think that Dolph Ziggler is a loser. It's the same thing with Baron Corbin. This guy can come out there and do the lone wolf and go back to the fucking NXT gimmick that he had. 
No matter what they do with him, he is going to be a loser. The fans are conditioned to Baron Corbin as a loser. That's it. Nothing will work. Nothing will work. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if Triple H is going to be in the business to release talent after WrestleMania. I don't know if there's going to be budget cuts. If there is, if there is a likelihood that WWE lets some talent go after WrestleMania with budget cuts, I would be actually worried if I'm Baron Corbin. Because seven years and no growth? Seven years and no growth at all for him on TV. That's... That, that's a that's a, a waste of fucking time and resources. WWE has gotten absolutely nothing on their return in the Baron Corbin investment. Nothing. Nothing. The best thing for Baron Corbin to do would probably end up getting released. Leaving the company. Go work the indies. Go feel what it feels like to work in armory or a fucking nightclub or a gymnasium. Go and create yourself. Go create something new for yourself. Get out there and actually work. Reinvent yourself. Find that passion again. Find that spark again. See if if you got what it takes to become a superstar. And then maybe WWE would look at you differently. I honestly think Baron Corbin needs to be humbled. To be quite honest with you. He may need to run away from WWE. I said that same thing about Dolph Ziggler for years. He ended up resigning with the company. Why? Dolph Ziggler could have been the next Cody Rhodes on the indies. Wrestling top guys, night in, night out, having banger after banger after banger, making himself into a fucking stud on the indies. Then going back to WWE and become a main event guy. Look at Matt Cardona. Look at Matt Cardona. I don't know what they're going to do with Matt Cardona if he ends up coming back to WWE. No clue, but Matt Cardona has made himself into a bigger star away from WWE than he was in it. Maybe that's what Baron Corbin needs. The fuck do I know? I'm just some podcaster from New York. What the fuck do I know? Sami Zayn. This Baron Corbin interview got fucking canceled. Oh, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We got something going on in the ring, says Kathy Kelly. Sami Zayn into the ring. He's got a hoodie on. He takes his hoodie off. Fans go crazy. Big Sami chance. He's got something to say about Saturday night. He called Cody Rhodes to the ring, says he knows he's back there and asked him to indulge him. Please come to the ring. Cody comes out, and this is a face-to-face that I did not think we would see on Monday Night Raw at all, let alone tonight. Sammy says his exchange last week with Paul Heyman stirred a lot of conversation last week and set the world on fire. That's all anybody was talking about. He said there was one thing he said that's been playing in his mind over and over and over again since then, which was when he said it is appearing more and more likely that it's going to be Cody versus Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. Sami says he came all the way to look him dead in the eyes, and he wants him to say it face-to-face with him standing there. Did you mean it? Did you mean that I could beat Roman at the chamber? Did you mean it was going to be me and and you at WrestleMania? Or was it just lip service? Do you actually believe I can beat Roman Reigns? Fans start giving the Daniel Bryan yes, yes, yes to Sami Zayn. Fans believe it. The fans believe it. The fans want it. 
Cody said his bandwidth has been dedicated to focusing on winning the title at WrestleMania. So he doesn't have time to bullshit. He says he meant it when he said Sammy most likely will be his opponent at WrestleMania. He believed it. Fans began chanting, this is awesome, this is awesome, for a fucking promo. This is awesome. But I respectfully, I don't think that this is what this face-to-face is about, Sammy. I don't think you're here for me to tell you that I believe in you. He asks if it really matters what I believe. Does it really matter what Cody Rhodes believes, he says. He said what matters is what Sammy believes. He asked Sammy if he believes he can defeat Reigns. Sammy looked like he wanted to cry. Sammy looked like legitimately he was getting emotional. Do you want the truth, Cody? Fans began chanting, ole, ole, in the crowd. You're going to be hearing that a lot on Saturday. Get used to it, man. Ole, 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 ole. You're going to hear it all Saturday. I can't wait. That's, that's the Sammy I remember from black and gold, man. Those chants at those takeovers. Oh. Oh, man, that is so good. So good. Sammy said the truth is, I don't know. I don't know. He said Cody hasn't seen what he's seen. He says he's been in the trenches with the bloodline and been shoulder to shoulder with Roman Reigns. He said he's seen them make game plans. He says they always find a way. Life finds a way, like Dr. Malcolm in Jurassic Park. He said, God mode isn't just a catchphrase. He says he is as good as he says he is. He is operating on a level he's never seen before. He said he's seen guys bigger and stronger than him, full of conviction. Sure, they were going to beat Roman, and every single one of them went down. He said now he's supposed to believe That after 900 days, he's going to be the one to take down Roman Reigns? This is kind of a shoot. This is kind of a shoot. If you guys listen to the Sami Zayn, Ariel Hawani podcast, he was incredibly humble and incredibly realistic about what he believes he is to this company. He knows he's not the face of the company. He knows that, you know, the company doesn't look at him as a WrestleMania main eventer. The fans do. That's all that really matters to me. I do. That's all that really matters. But Sami Zayn is incredibly humbled. And that made a lot of people like him much more after that Ariel Awani interview. He did say, could I be the WWE champion? Sure. But I'm not going to be the face of the company for the next five years. I could go do PR. I could go do the, the, the Tonight Show and crack jokes and be the guy. But, you know, I'm not the guy. I think everybody knows that. Sammy knows that. Sammy knows that. Why can't fans grasp that? Some fans think he is. Sammy would be the first to tell you he's not. So most of what he was saying here, it's kind of a shoot. Kind of a shoot. So after 900 days, he's going to be the guy to take down Roman Reigns? He said if he's asking him if he believes he is capable of beating Reigns, he believes it. He says he doesn't believe he's incapable said he believes he is the WrestleMania main event and WrestleMania main event material. Fans cheered. He was emphatic and worked up. He got really animated here. He says he has to believe that going into this. Otherwise, he's not going to do it. He's got, no ch- he's got no shot. He said if he's asking if he believes, 
He'll be walking out of Montreal as the new champion. I don't know. I don't know, says Sammy. Doubting he can do it. Fans are chanting, you can do it. Cody said Montreal will be chanting his name and they believe he can win. He says he hasn't been where Sammy has. He says he hasn't watched Reigns up close, but he's watched him from the sidelines for the last few years. He said every challenger has fallen, but there is dissension in the bloodline for the first time. He said there are cracks in the foundation, Sammy, and that is because of you. He said Reigns might like to talk about God mode, but he's just a man. Cody says he intends to finish his story. He then told Sammy that he needs to finish his. We got a chant of Cody here after he said that. Cody paused, and Cody told Sammy, I don't want to see you on Monday Night Raw after the Elimination Chamber because I would rather see you at WrestleMania. And that's the way the segment came to a close. Both guys absolutely killed it on the microphone. This was the most, I would say, intense Cody Rhodes has been on the microphone. If you guys are just warming up to Sami Zayn now, this is the Sami Zayn that I always knew kind of dwelled in there. Sami Zayn's a great promo. Sami Zayn is an incredible babyface. He's an incredible in-ring performer. The only thing Sami Zayn doesn't possess is the body type that WWE drools over. Everything else he's got. This back and forth was incredible. Turning Cody Rhodes into Sami Zayn's biggest cheerleader has now opened the door for WWE to walk through and say, I don't have to worry anymore. We might not have to worry, fellas. Cody is now Sammy's biggest cheerleader. Instead of ignoring the heat and ignoring the cries for Sammy, they're making Cody into one of us who is cheering Sami Zayn on and getting behind Sami Zayn, wanting Sami to take down the tribal chief. How could you boo that? How could you boo Cody if he is the one who is operating as Sami's biggest cheerleader? You can't. You can't. Now, if Cody ignored Sami, then we would have a problem. Then we would have a problem. Because that would be WWE ignoring the fucking problem about Sami Zayn and the fans wanting Sami in the main event of WrestleMania, you know, with Roman and not have it be Cody. If they ignored it, then it would be a problem. But they embraced it. Can't boo Cody if he's Sami Zayn's biggest cheerleader. It's a risk. It was a huge risk tonight. That was a major risk to take. Because in, in New York City of all places where the crowd is so divisive and they can drop you like a fucking dead corpse whenever they want. They embraced both of them. They saw Cody as a hero. They saw Cody as a stand-up guy. They saw Cody as the good guy. Oh shit, he's backing Sammy up. Yes, Sammy can do it. On top of that, WWE wants to create some intrigue going into this because you all know that Sami Zayn is not beating Roman Reigns. It's not going to be Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes in the main event of WrestleMania. Give me a break. They want to create some intrigue. Man, can Sami Zayn do it? Can Sami Zayn do it? No. But they want you to think that. They want you to think that. And then Sami 
Giving Cody the response, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And the fans, the fans just giving him the fucking Daniel Bryan yes chant. This is their way of, the fans did Triple H's work for him. Developing sympathy for Sami Zayn when he inevitably loses. Man, the heat in that arena when Jey Uso super kicks Sami Zayn is going to be mind-boggling. I won't be able to comprehend the fucking amount of heat coming out of the Bell Center on Saturday night. It's going to be tremendous. Then we're going to get Cody and Roman all by themselves on their own little island of relevancy, and Sami Zayn is going to have a bigger problem. The fans are going to have a bigger problem than Roman Reigns, and his name is Jey Uso. It's perfect. It's perfect. I was worried. You were worried. Everybody was worried. WWE took a fucking shot in the dark tonight and said, fuck it. Let's do it. If we bomb, we bomb. If it fails, it fails. If we have this go off as successful as it could be, we win. They won. They won the game of chess with the fans tonight. It's exactly what they did. No more worrying. No more worrying. The narrative was there. The idea was tossed out. The fans could turn. The fans possibly could turn. Sammy's going to get hotter than Cody. It was all there. Fans were worried, and rightfully so, because WWE didn't do what they needed to do with Cody from day one, which was at the Royal Rumble. They half-assed the Royal Rumble. They presented Cody in a shit way at the Royal Rumble. They had him come out at number 30. He lasted 15 minutes. They want to spew the narrative that he outlasted 29 guys. He didn't. He didn't. Meanwhile, all this behind Cody Rhodes. And, and while Cody Rhodes is guy, Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn. Nine months of Sami Zayn becoming the biggest babyface in the fucking industry. Never mind WWE. How was Cody going to overcome that? You were worried. Don't bullshit me. Everybody was worried. Now we're convinced. I'm convinced. You should be convinced. WWE played this right. Beautiful. I enjoyed this more than the Paul Heyman segment last week. Saturday night is going to be one of the biggest, most epic matches that I think we see in our generation. Predictable as the outcome may be, it will be the crux the next chapter of this storytelling in the bloodline. KO will come back. He will save Sammy. Jay Uso is going to turn and break Sammy's heart. Roman and Cody will have their match solely to themselves with nothing to worry about. And we go into WrestleMania with two tremendous stories and the downfall of the bloodline on the horizon. I mean... You can't build a better WrestleMania. This is what WrestleMania is all about. The conclusion of storylines, the conclusion of a season. With reigns falling, the bloodline falling, and the good guys getting the victory in the end. This is what WrestleMania is all about. I don't know why anybody ever has pushed the Sami narrative beating Roman in WrestleMania. It didn't make sense. From day one, the narrative has been Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens, trying to convince Sami Zayn that he's not the bloodline. He is not their blood. He is being used. They've been planting that for months. Why would you deviate away from the problem? Why would you deviate away from the original plan now? All because the fans want Sami to beat Roman. 
We don't even know if Roman's going to lose the fucking title at WrestleMania. Has anybody ever contemplated that? We don't know if Cody's going to win the titles. For all we know, WWE would be like, yeah, we want to get Roman to a thousand days. He's the greatest final boss in WWE history. Nobody is on his level right now. He may have to go back to the fucking Bruno San Martino era. He's a bigger final boss than Hulk Hogan. He is a bigger final boss than Stone Cold Steve Austin. He is a bigger final boss than Shawn Michaels, The Rock, John Cena. Whoever was at the top of that company, Roman Reigns is the greatest final boss in the history of WWE. You are watching a legacy that nobody will touch happening right before your very eyes with a bloodline faction that may rival the NWO. If you want my honest opinion, the bloodline storyline and what they're doing right now with Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and everything that we've seen so far and how it's all materialized up until what we see now, it's better than whatever Eric Bischoff and WCW has done with the NWO. There you go. You want a hot take? There you go. This bloodline storyline mixed with everything we're seeing right now is better than whatever happened with the NWO. This is WWE storytelling that we have not been prone to. I mean... The Yes Movement was something special, but I, I can't think of anything. I mean, you'd have to go back to Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, and not even that holds a candle to this shit. I'm sorry. Just the way it is. And that's a, that's a lot coming from me, because WWE modern-day storytelling is not it. But you just don't have any random fucking people writing this shit. This is Paul Levesque. This is Paul Heyman. Roman Reigns. You think the whole WWE creative writing team is writing this fucking angle? Of course not. The more people in the kitchen, the fucking worse the storyline is going to be. This is, this, most of the, I would be, I would be a betting man and say most of this is Paul Heyman. With Triple H having some input. That's the way it is. Moving on. Carmella, she was backstage with Nikki Cross. Asked where she's been. Nikki said she's been playing hide and seek with her new friend and then laughed. Her new friend, more than likely, is Dexter Loomis. Looks like Dexter Loomis may be turning heel. I don't know if that's going to be enough to save the Dexter Loomis character on the main roster. People don't seem to be buying it. So Carmella is wondering where Asuka is. Asuka walked up behind her. And she said, both of you are so weird. Candice LeRae walked up to Nikki and asked why she's been following her. Nikki then just maniacally laughed. And that was it. I don't know what's going on with Nikki, man. I'm slightly intrigued. Slightly intrigued. Kathy Kelly finally resumed her interview with Boring Corbin and apologized for what had happened. He said he's better off without JBL. He says he's a has-been hobbling around while giving him bad advice. He says it's time to remind people of who he is. He says he's sick and tired of being disrespected. He felt disrespected that Kathy Kelly interrupted his interview for Sami Zayn, of all people. I hate to rain on everybody's parade, but Roman Reigns is going to destroy Sami in front of his family and friends. He's a walking dead man. That's Baron Corbin's opinion. In no world does Sami Zayn beat Roman Reigns. He says he was the last person to beat Roman Reigns. 
He was then blindsided by Brock Lesnar in the Royal Rumble, which cleared the path for Cody to win. I would have been on my way to punching my ticket to WrestleMania. So Cody took eight months to nurse a minor injury. Seen Cody Rhodes wandering in the background because he was out there with Sami Zayn. This legitimately happened after the fact. He's there wearing a beautiful blue suit, baby blue suit. Corbin says, I don't know what people see in Cody. I think his brother, his dad, and his dog are all a joke. Cody heard this. He had enough. He jumped Corbin from behind. They're brawling through Gorilla. And Corbin's in his wrestling attire. Cody's in his fucking suit and dress shoes. He calls for a referee. We get Cody Rhodes and Baron Corbin out there. Why? I don't know. This match lasted two minutes. Cody was beating on Corbin. Rammed him into the ring steps. Cody Cutter played up to the crowd. Pointed at the WrestleMania sign. And he then hit crossroads for the one, two, three, and that was it. I don't know why this was needed, but here we are. If Baron Corbin ain't buried, I'd love for you to find me somebody else who's less buried than Baron Corbin. My God, I don't like throwing the word around, the B word around, buried, but my God, is Baron Corbin fucking dead and buried on this show. Like I said, I'd be, I, I would be concerned if... WWE is even thinking or contemplating about budget cuts after WrestleMania. He'd be the first to go. Natalia. Channel-changing heat is Natalia. She's not winning the Elimination Chamber. She told Liv Morgan backstage, and we got... Uh, <laughs> Raquel! Rodriguez Gonzalez. You guys know Smiley Raquel, right? She's always smiling, Raquel. Right? She wasn't smiling tonight, though. Wasn't smiling tonight. So they're backstage, and they can't believe Becky and Bailey are trying to weasel their way into the chamber. Liv says she understands, but she says they're just one more person to lose on her road to WrestleMania. Rodriguez told them to save it for Saturday because they have a match tonight. We got Rodriguez, Liv Morgan, and Natalia against Carmella, Asuka, and Nikki Cross. This really wasn't much of anything. I mean, I, like I said, guys, th there was a lot of fluff on this show. The only thing really that mattered was Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes. But Asuka laid out both of her partners before forcing Morgan to submit. And that was basically it. I mean, this broke down. This was basically just TV time for all six women in the chamber so you know who's in the women's elimination chamber on Saturday night. Uh, who, who gives a fuck? Who gives a shit? She beat her own partners. Oscar, the crazy clown woman, beat up her own partners before finishing Liv Morgan off with the Oscar lock. That's it. Goodbye. Oscar Cross and Carmella win. Rather strange that Oscar and Nikki Cross and Carmella are teaming up. And then you got Liv Morgan, who's a babyface, teaming with Natalia, who's a heel. Uh, uh, just a mixed match of tag teams. It just makes no sense to me. Waste of time. Backstage, Otis. He was eating a New York City hot dog. Chad Gable told him it's terrible. Stop eating that. Full of preservatives and junk. I, I do not like boiled hot dogs. I... I I don't know who indulges in New York City boiled dogs, but, you know, throw my fucking dog on the grill, man. Some spicy mustard, some fucking cheese, maybe some uh, 
some red onion on there, whatever. Chili. Boiled hot dogs, man. <laughs> Fucking garbage. Give me a break. Anyway, uh, he's eating this hot dog, and he throws the hot dog, does Chad Gable. He accidentally hits Mansoir of the Maximum Male Models in the face, and Mansoir standing there with mustard all over his sunglasses. She asked Otis, did uh, Maxine Dupree, if he's ever done modeling, as they were looking for a new face and body of MMM. So they think Otis has what it takes to be a maximum male model. Gable assumed she was talking to him. He says he considers himself more of a role model. Masse then said, yeah, more like a hand model. <laughs> Am I supposed to find this funny? He and Mansois laughed. He said, I think they were the only two laughing. She said that she actually... Wanted to talk to Otis, not Chad Gable. She gave Otis her business card and said she'd be in touch. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would love to be in touch with Maxine Dupree. Uh, MMM left and Gable began critiquing her business card. Bronson Reed walked up to them and then gave them a nasty look and walked towards the ring. So what are we doing? Is Otis is Otis going to become a, a fucking maximum male model? Is this what we're doing here? Are they legitimately going to break up Alpha Academy? I don't know, man. Otis is too good to be in the maximum male models, but it could it could mean some sort of entertainment for the maximum male models because right now they got nothing. They got nothing. Mustafa Ali versus Bronson Reed. This lasted three minutes. Who, who booked this fucking show, man? Every match was three minutes. It's like Vince McMahon was all over this fucking show. Three minutes here, three minutes there. Fucking six-woman tag team match. That doesn't make any sense. That pairs baby faces and heels on the same fucking team. Uh, who booked this fucking shit, man? Bronson Reed and Mustafa Ali. Three minutes. Reed tossed Ali at one point in the timekeeper's area like he launched him from a fucking cannon. Tossed him around the, the timekeeper's area, dragged him back into the ring. Ali tried to make a comeback, dropped him with a tornado DDT off the top row. Bronson Reed kicked out at a one count. Reed came back, clotheslined. He flipped, did Ali, selling the bump for Bronson Reed. He goes up top, big tsunami splash. And Bronson Reed wins in three minutes. I said this on social media, man. I would not be opposed to Bronson Reed winning the United States Championship at the Elimination Chamber. Now, he's undefeated. They're booking him like a monster. He would have to take a pinfall loss in that match if he was not planned to win, which I, I, I don't really think is productive right now for, for Bronson Reed. I would not want to see him lose after he's been so dominant in whatever we have seen of him so far. But let's run down the list of people in, in, in this men's United States Elimination Chamber match. Austin Theory is the champion. We'll talk about him last Seth Rollins is not winning the United States Championship. No need to. He's beyond the United States Championship, and Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins is the direction for WrestleMania. That does not need to be a United States Championship match. Damian Priest, I don't think he's winning the United States Championship at all. Uh, I, I think he's a great addition to the match. He adds some, he adds some big man presence and uh, a chamber presence in there, but he's not winning the United States title. 
Johnny Gargano, I could see win it. I could see Johnny Gargano becoming the United States champion, doing what Gunther has been doing with the Intercontinental title on SmackDown, giving you Johnny wrestling, building up the United States championship as the workhorse championship on Monday night. I could see that. I could absolutely see that. Bronson Reed. I could see Bronson Reed win the United States championship, just like Johnny Gargano. I could see Bronson Reed holding that championship and being a dominant fucking savage on Monday night. Unbeatable giant on Monday night with that United States title. Montez Ford is a dark horse. Montez Ford is a dark horse because, you know, A, he's a part of the Street Profits, and I do feel like WWE has been kind of contemplating a split of the Street Profits, even though I don't think it's a good idea. But if Montez Ford wins the United States Championship, that could lead to what brings WWE to break up the Street Profits. Now, I don't think Montez Ford is ready for that type of positioning, but stranger things have happened. And Austin Theory, you know, Austin Theory, he's also a wild card here, even though he is the WWE United States Champion. Does he need the United States title? He hasn't really done much of anything with the United States Championship. He's going into a match with John Cena at WrestleMania more than likely. Does that need to be a United States Championship match? I don't think so. It's not like John Cena would come back and challenge for the United States title win the title, have a United States Open challenge like he used to back in the day, which I thought was fantastic. John Cena chasing the WWE title is the only title I would love to see because that is number 17 for him. But I don't see why John Cena would come back and challenge Austin Theory for the United States title. I think it would be better if Austin Theory dropped the title and then went and went to WrestleMania and wrestled John Cena and beat John Cena. Beating John Cena, to me, would be a bigger coup in the cap of Austin Theory than the United States title would. So why does that match need to be a United States Championship match? I, I don't think so. I don't know. They could go either way. You know, it is, it is a open field for sure. Johnny Gargano could win it. Bronson Reed could win it. Austin Theory could retain it. I could see Austin Theory coming out. The champ is here and him proclaiming that he's the greatest United States champion of all time, and then John Cena comes out. It's an easy, easy WrestleMania match, and they could set it up, and, you know, I could see all that shit happening, but does he really need it? Does he really need it? I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen, but the field is open. I'm here for it. Should be good. I'm going with Bronson Reed. I I think Bronson Reed is the odds-on favorite to me to win the United States title. Kathy Kelly interviewed Edge and Beth Phoenix backstage. Edge says he's sick of the Judgment Day. He said their sneak attack was right out of the playbook of, I guess, himself. Edge said at the Chamber event, and at the Chamber event, they will basically go on to be victorious. What they do to them won't be pretty. Phoenix says they will find out why people call them the grit couple. I don't know. Why do they call them the grit couple? Do they like shrimp and grits? I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Should be a good match. Ms. TV. He had Seth Rollins as his guest. Ms. complained about not being in the elimination chamber. And then he intended to basically not talk about himself. But he wants to talk about his guest, Seth Rollins. He introduced Seth. He made his way out. Fans are singing his song. He's wearing those 
ridiculously ugly and overly expensive Astro Boy boots, which I am very curious to know if they're comfortable or not. I don't know. Are they even released yet to the general public is what I want to know. It's the first time I saw them on anybody, but I've heard about them. He's out there wearing those Astro Boy boots. And Miz asked about Logan. Said, said nobody wants to hear about Logan Paul. He's a dumpster fire of a human being. He said fans would rather hear him sing. Miz says if people wanted to hear singing, they would go listen to Taylor Swift. Really? Miz says they're jealous because he snagged tickets and they did. Miz pressed Seth and asked why he won't talk about Logan Paul. Seth got angry, told Mike Mizanin, shut up, Mike. Fans started chanting, shut up, Mike. Seth says he doesn't want to talk about him because, you know, he doesn't deserve to be talked about. So he pointed at the sign and said for his whole life he wanted to do WrestleMania and headline WrestleMania and close the show. He says that dream matters to him and matters to The Miz and matters to everyone in the arena because we love this. Seth said Logan doesn't care about WrestleMania or that dream. He says he's selfish and soulless and is only interested in being famous and lining his pockets, which may be true, may be kind of a shoot here. So Logan doesn't deserve to have his name mentioned in a WWE ring. He said Logan wants attention, but what he deserves is having his teeth kicked in. Miz said Seth sounds jealous and made fun of his Super Mario boots. Seth said everyone knows Miz is jealous, but he's not that stupid. Miz insisted, I'm not stupid, and then fans are chanting, yes, you are. Seth then egged it on and asked the fans to help Miz out. He asked if the Miz is stupid, and the fans gave another yes, yes, yes chant. Miz then yelled, I'm not stupid. At least he's not yelling about the size of his balls. Miz says at least he headlined WrestleMania, something that Seth will never do or may never do in the future, in part because of Logan Paul. So Seth attacked Miz. Austin Theory yanked Seth out of the ring by his Astro boots. And Miz recovered and attacked Seth. Seth made a comeback, delivered a stomp with his funny little boots. Theory attacked Seth again. Theory says he's done with Seth. He stood over Seth and held the United States title up in the air over a fallen Seth Rollins. So, Miz was in the ring. He got a curb stomp for his trouble. He's selling the effects of the curb stomp. We go backstage to Rick Boogs. He's flexing his bar, that flex bar he's got. Elias walked up and says, there's a lot of pressure being compared to him. Nobody's comparing Boogs to Elias. I don't know where we got this information from. He says he shouldn't get down if he loses to The Miz. Boogs thanked him. Elias said maybe they could do a collaboration someday if he wins. Boogs hit Elias on the back very affectionately, very hard. He says he's going to shred The Miz tonight. He got this muscly, strained look in his face, and he was wiling out, and he went to the ring. What I tell you last week? What I tell you the week before that? We're getting that Rick Boogs and Elias tag team. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now, man. We're going to get Rick Boogs and Elias as a fucking tag team 
on Monday Night Raw. Mark my words. I hope to God they don't feud because nobody wants to see... I, I don't know if anybody wants to see them team or wrestle. I would rather see them team than wrestle. Listen, it makes more sense for them to be tag teaming as two guitarists. One acoustic and one electric. One country and one thrash metal. One Toby Keith, the other Megadeth. I don't know. Could be an entertaining pairing. I don't know. You know... It could be an entertaining pairing, and Rick Boogs, believe it or not, there's something there with Rick Boogs. They got a star in Rick Boogs. They got someone that could get over with the audience in Rick Boogs. The thing is, he looks so fucking generic. They got to work on his appearance, really. They got to give him something. Whatever they got him going out there with now is not working. He looks like a, a fucking creator character. Very, very generic. Boogs wins in two minutes. He beats The Miz. Obviously, Miz didn't want to wrestle this match because he got beat up before the match started. He got curb stomped by Seth Rollins. Boogs gave Miz an overhead plex. Curled Miz 10 times in his arms. Bicep curls with a fucking Miz. Unbelievable. So, Boogs pressed Miz over his head, power slammed him for the one, two, three, and that was basically it. Miz has been reduced to an enhancement talent. Miz is now a jobber to the stars. Or a jobber to the upcoming stars on Monday Night Raw. Good, that's all he's worth. Byron Saxton interviewed Judgment Day backstage. He asked if the Judgment Day now have the upper hand against Edge and Beth Phoenix. Balor said they always have the upper hand. He says they will be Edge and Phoenix again and again and again. Dominic said wrestlers like Edge and his dad, his deadbeat dad, were once good. But the game has passed them by. Priest said at the chamber he will walk out as champion and Ripley will walk in and challenge Charlotte and walk out as SmackDown Women's Champion at WrestleMania. Rhea Ripley said Charlotte keeps saying she's at a different level, but she will rise and take her title. She said her rise begins Saturday at the chamber when she and Balor beat the shit out of the grit couple. There you go. Looking forward to it. Chelsea Green. She approached Adam Pierce backstage and said she has sent strongly worded emails to his manager airing her grievances. He said that he got her emails because he's in charge of both shows. She said she wanted to be added to a match tonight with Asuka. She feels like she needs a do-over with Asuka. Then she wanted to be added to the Elimination Chamber which is completely out of left field for Chelsea Green. Pierce says, yeah, that won't happen. She says she won't leave his office until he puts her in. So she poked his chest, and he was about to block her hand, and she said, ew, don't touch me or I'll scream. I'm feeling very threatened right now, like a typical fucking, you know, Gen Zer and you know, typical Karen here by Chelsea Green. So Pierce shook his head, he left, and then she complained. Well, where are you going? I'm not done with you. But you just told me to leave. You just told me that you're feeling threatened. Why the fuck do I want to be around you with your bitchy attitude? At least she's playing the role right. I don't know. Where is it going? I don't know. Is she getting over? I don't know. Where is it going? I don't know. Who knows? Bailey. Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch main events. 
This got more time than basically half of the fucking show combined because everything went three minutes and they were in the main event, triple threat match. If Bianca wins, then Bailey and Becky get no elimination chamber. If Bailey or Becky win, then they get added to the elimination chamber. So clearly, I was hoping Bianca Belair would win this thing, and that's exactly what they did. So, I mean, this was a very generic triple threat match. I mean, nothing nothing exciting happened here. It's all the same shit. This broke down with damage control coming out, and then all the other women in the elimination chamber coming out. There was a Tower of Doom spot here, which we usually see done to death in these triple threat matches. Bailey brought everybody down with a powerbomb. Bailey hit Lynch with a diving elbow drop off the top, but Belair broke up the cover. Belair then started making a big baby face fire up comeback on both ladies and hit Bailey with a delayed vertical suplex, but Bailey got her knees up on Bianca's handspring moonsault. Bailey tried to cover with her feet on the rope, but Becky Lynch knocked her off. All of that was obviously legal. Lynch hit Belair with a diamond dust while landing on Bailey in the process. Becky Lynch hit Bailey with the manhandle slam. But EO Sky interjects and yanked her off the ring apron and shoved her into the ring post. Dakota Kai saved Bailey from a KOD attempt and Sky drop kicked Belair. Bailey tried to stack up Belair, but only got a two count. So all six ladies who are already in the chamber ran out to attack damage control and everybody wound up fighting each other. This was utter chaos. Typical Bruce Pritchard, Vince McMahon, final go-home sell for the Elimination Chamber. Very generic, very lame, very dull. Sky went to the top, so Belair pressed her out of the ring, right onto everybody else on the outside. She took out everybody like a stack of bowling pins. Bianca basically made uh, the lifting of EO look very easy. EO was very tiny, so it did look easy. Lynch gave Bailey a manhandle slam, but Belair came in and gave Lynch a KOD on top of Bailey and Becky all of a sudden just rolled out of the fucking ring. Just rolled out of the ring. Which I did not understand. So Lynch gave Bailey a manhandle slam. Belair comes in and gives Lynch a KOD on top of Bailey. All she needed to do was just stay in the ring and break up the cover while Belair went to go pin Bailey. And she didn't. She rolled to the outside instead. My God, did they make B- uh, Becky Lynch look fucking retarded in the end of that match? Bianca Belair wins, one, two, three. I'm not complaining about it because this is the outcome I want. Bianca Belair wins, and nobody goes to the chamber. Good. They don't deserve to be there. Becky Lynch and Bailey failed to qualify for the chamber, and Lynch sat at ringside with a look of disappointment. I was anything but. The announcers ran down the rest of the Elimination Chamber card, and that is the way the show went off the air. So, we have Becky and Bailey continuing their feud out of all this. No match at the Elimination Chamber, not yet anyway. I doubt they're going to announce anything. Maybe they do. Maybe they surprise us and announce another match. Don't, I, I don't feel like we need it. I don't want Becky or Bailey, or both, to be added to whatever the Raw Women's Championship match is, which there's only two likely outcomes. It's either Asuka and Bianca or Raquel and Bianca. And I don't think Raquel is ready for that spot. I think we're going we're to give it to Asuka. But there's always a possibility of WWE adding Becky 
or Bailey or both to make it a fatal four-way. I hope to God not. What I do think we see is, I mean, Lita showed up for a reason last week. I mean, that was one of the most outlandish, out-of-nowhere fucking interferences that I've ever seen. Lita just comes out of nowhere. Lita comes out of nowhere and saves Becky from damage control to have Becky win that steel cage match. From where Lita was, Trish is not that far behind. I think we get, instead of a tag team, boring tag team, women's tag team title match at WrestleMania, and instead of putting Becky and Bayley in the Raw Women's Championship match, why don't we just have damage control in a six-woman tag team match against Becky, Lita, and Trish? That would give Becky something to do, teaming with two Hall of Famers. We'd give her her own WrestleMania moment away from the championship, and it would be a decent match that makes the WrestleMania card a little bit more star-studded. We don't need Becky Lynch challenging for another Raw Women's Championship. We've been there, done, done that, and we don't need to see it. In fact, if Becky Lynch, you know, after Monday Night Raw, when Rhea Ripley wins the SmackDown Women's Championship, I'd love to see Rhea Ripley and Judgment Day drafted to SmackDown. Maybe we move Becky Lynch over to SmackDown and we get some new competition for Becky Lynch because right now, Monday Night Raw... I mean, Becky obviously is a lot better than where she was when she was doing the fucking whole, you know, Lord of the Rings, Gollum, fucking whatever the fuck she was. Maybe we move her over to SmackDown. Get something new for Becky Lynch on WWTV because right now this, this division is not, it's not where it needs to be, man. They're not lighting any fucking matches at all. Uh, they, they, they struggle to light a match. They're not setting anything on fire. It's just boring. Same shit over and over again. So much that they got to get Lita and Trish involved because there's nothing else for them to do. There's no other direction for the women to go. Whatever, what the fuck do I know? Just keep them out of the Raw Women's Championship match and I'll be happy. Anyway, guys, that is all I got. That was your Monday Night Raw post show. Not really a good Monday Night Raw, man. Not really a good Monday Night Raw. Don't know why I didn't play uh, Red Skies tonight. Could have easily played Red Skies and got away with it. Anyway, follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up as well, man. We got 786 likes. I'd love for us to get 1,000, man. We got 2,300 people in here. Where... Where, where is where's the thumbs up? I mean, I feel like I do a fantastic job every night, man. You guys, the least you could do is hit the fucking thumbs up, really. Holy shit. It's like fucking pulling teeth with you guys. Super chats are open. Get them on in. Memberships are open. Get them on in. My mother's basement coming soon. The unveiling, the night of, will be VIP only. So make sure you guys get in. And RSVP, man. Should be a great, great night. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. YouTube Shorts. There are a couple of OTS extras on there as well. Go check that stuff out. Some really great discussion. So if you missed any of that stuff, it's all on the homepage. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. 
Telling you, man, confidence. Confidence. Sami Zayn needs that confidence to take down the tribal chief. You need that confidence in the bedroom, man. Don't be like Sammy tonight and tell your significant other, I don't know. That's where Blue Chew comes in, man. Blue Chew is a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets. And they come at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. Be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is very simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com. You consult with one of their online medical providers. And once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. No visits to the doctor's office. No awkward conversations. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. It's all done very discreetly. And BlueChew's tablets are made right here in the USA. Prepared and shipped directly to you. First impressions are everything, man. They're the most important. Most important. Always talk about a good first impression. You don't have a good first impression, man? Right down the tubes you go. So why not leave a good first impression? And I guarantee you that first impression is going to lead to a lasting impression. It's going to be like having that first impression over and over and over again, man. Love it. So if you guys can benefit from that extra confidence, why not give Blue Chew a try? BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. Sign up, get yours for free. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Once again, that's bluechew.com, code JD. And I want to thank them for sponsoring the podcast right here on Off the Script. Brandon James Shea with a five-month VIP membership. My team are the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. Man, I feel bad for the Philadelphia sports team fans, man. Couldn't win the World Series, couldn't win the Super Bowl, man. How much heartbreak can that city take? Holy shit. Oh, my goodness. DC with a 10-month membership. Does Cody become the American dream if he beats Roman at WrestleMania? Or does he stay the American nightmare? OTS is God mode. He is the American nightmare, DC. Cody Rhodes can no longer live in his father's shadow. Nick Williams with a $10 Super Chat. Tubi needs to be benched after what happened last night at the Super Bowl. I fell for it too, bro. A lot of people did. Cody versus Sammy in WrestleMania 40. I would not mind that. Roman about to get that ECW one-night stand heat Saturday. Oh. Oh, my goodness. You ain't kidding, Nick. And uh, WrestleMania 40, bro. Let, let's let's get through WrestleMania 39 first. Michelle Moran with a five-dollar super chat. Cody Sammy promo was great, but WWE, were they playing with fire? What if Sammy won by DQ like Seth Rollins at Royal Rumble last year and further Roman's paranoia? Now I don't have I don't have Roman lose. I don't have Roman lose at all. I think any discussion of Roman losing needs to be thrown out the window. Tony Brown with a 199. I wish I wasn't perving out, JD. Bro, listen, you're not the only one. You're not the only one. Otis with the 14 months. 
What's up, JD and OTS family? OTS Bouncer here, reminding you guys to get them thumbs up and stay oozy. Hashtag OTS Bloodline. Hashtag OTS for life. Thank you, Otis. Otis, does, Otis is doing a fantastic job. Joseph Taylor with a $3 super chat. JD, have you ever watched Criminal Minds and NCIS? No. I don't watch much TV, bro. I watch TV, but... During my week, it's all wrestling, and then Thursday, I usually sit and have a beverage or two and catch up on some shit. The Last of Us, Episode 5, man. Oh, my goodness. What a, what a great show that was. Episode 5 was great. The scene where Henry was about to be captured, bro. Oh, my goodness. The infected scene. So good. They got the bloater. So good, man. He ripped that fucking guy in half. Love it. So good. Joseph King with a $5 super chat. If, in fact, Jay White does come to WWE, what should they do with him first in your expert opinion? I'd love to see a Jay White versus Randy Orton feud. I think that'd be unbelievable. The cake with a $5 Super Jet Oscar getting 100% complete is the move. She needs the chamber and win at WrestleMania. I'll take an old-fashioned. Yes, Oscar. Asuka winning the Raw Women's Championship. Did I cry at the end of the episode? No. I didn't really care for uh, for Henry like many people did. Uh, Justin with a six months. Thank you, brother. Six months as of Saturday, and wow. That was an awesome face-to-face with Cody and Sami Zayn. But this still changes nothing. Roman versus Rhodes is what sells mania. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think WWE has to worry about much of anything anymore. Sean Ray J with a twenty dollar super chat. Knowing WWE, I have a feeling that everyone in that women's chamber will team up to take Oscar out. And either Raquel or Liv will win. Remember, after Elimination Chamber, Rhea will be on SmackDown, so they may move one of them from SmackDown to Raw. I hope you're wrong on that, bro. I don't think Raquel Rodriguez is the way to go. I think she's right now. I think she's boring. She's got all. She's got what WWE is looking for, but uh, I mean, it just hasn't come together for her. She's very bland. There's nothing likable there. MGM balling with a 15 months. Bianca's shorts, bro. I mean, wow. That's Sammy and Cody promo. Bro, Bianca knew what she was doing when she walked out there. Basic with a 499. Told you that Sammy was going to give Cody that rub. It was actually the other way around, bro. Glorious, 999. Might be too dangerous. But if WWE wants a top five heel in the company right now, Tsunami from the top rope off of a pod for the win. Imagine that, bro. I, you could not pay me a, a, all the money in the world to take that spot. But I was actually thinking that myself. I, I, do, I do foresee that happening in the chamber. 
That would be incredible. Matthew Montez with a two and a one. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you for stopping by. Esato Fortune with a four uh, Canadian $5 super chat. I'll be at the Elimination Chamber Saturday, and if they play Sammy's old theme song, we will go berserk. Keep on rocking, JD. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear it. WWE more than likely won't use all of the theme. They may use some of it. They did like uh, Drew McIntyre's Broken Dreams at Clash of the Castle. I thought they were going to play all of it, but they only played like 30 seconds of it, and then they went to his uh, current theme. I could probably see something like that happening. Devon with the two months. I've been watching you for years, way back when you had 50K. I'm 22 and want so much out of life and watching how far you've come motivates me. Stay up. Thank you, Devon. That's the comment of the night, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you. Really means a lot to me, guys, when you say shit like that. Dom Wapo with a 199. Amazing TV from Cody and Sammy tonight. I agree. Best part of the night, easy. Marie Johnson with a $5 super chat. Cody felt like a heel in this. And am I to believe that now Sammy isn't confident in himself? I didn't like the way that it came off to me. Marie, I'm trying to uh, look at the positives here. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. It really could have been a lot worse. I think everybody's kind of just like really reaching right now. Cake with the $2 super jab. Bailey is off to San Jose after tonight. Yes. Not only is she from San Jose, but Sasha Banks is wrestling. On Saturday night. I've seen some rumor going around that Sasha Banks has left Mikaze. People that have no sources saying that they have sources. Nobody's got sources. Nobody knows anything. Sasha Banks is one of the more private women, private individuals in all of the business. You don't know jack shit. So if you see that narrative being floating around out there, if you see that narrative floating around on social media, I mean, please, take it with a grain of salt. It's none of our business anyway. Kratos with a $20 super chat. My weekend from returning from Missouri Comic-Con turned into a bad night last night when my brother's cat, Miles, got sick while we were gone. He's doing fine now, but I am keeping a close eye on him. He's my brother's first cat. Um, Thoughts and prayers, brother. Never like to see the fur babies in any harm. Johnny Cloud with a 17 months. Cheers to 17 months plus listening to you while at work. Making my night go by like a breeze. Everything you do, appreciate. Appreciate everything you do for us, brother. Thank you so much, Johnny Cloud. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for being here, even during your work shift. Said Suka with a 499. One say it was a risk. Triple H believed in his booking and it worked. We have two of the hottest baby faces in the business. Never doubt Papa H. Um, it was a risk. 
It was a risk. The fan base is very fickle. You, you, you don't really know where the fans are going to sway one week to the next. We Goku with a new membership. Thank you, brother. What the fuck are you drinking, Goku? Cake with a five and a two. We keep talking about Cody Rhodes beating Roman, but Roman will be like The Undertaker during beat the streak mode. I don't think people understand this. That's why I said it, bro. Nobody's really contemplating. What if Roman Reigns wins? We don't know if Cody's going to win. Everybody's writing Roman off like, like the, the, the last two years were nothing. Otis pulled Mandy and Maxine Dupree. He's a god. Something's going on there, bro. It's unexplainable. DGK dog with a 499. We have to get a Becky and Bailey match thus far where damage control does not get involved. I'm getting tired of it. I'm over it. Jamel Turney with a 499. Episode 5 of The Last of Us was great. And can we get a mighty... N with a 199. Dax posted something on Insta with a WWE logo. Yeah, he quickly deleted it. I saw it. Who knows? Clone Force with a 199. Top five Orton rivals, and I'm so excited for this Saturday. Uh, I don't know, man. Jesus. Uh, you know, those ones I'm going to have to get back to you on. Cena. Triple H. Who else? I love the Mick Foley match. The Undertaker. You know, the usuals. The usuals. I am very excited about this Saturday, too. This Saturday is going to be really, really fucking special. Uh, Wilhelm Hendrick with a 26 months. Keep up the good work, brother. We'll always support your work. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for being here, man. 26 months. This guy's on his way to achieving elite status here in the venue. Mohammed with a $5 super chat. JD, are you going to play Marvel Spider-Man 2 later this year? I don't know. We'll see. I just bought Harry Potter. I don't know what I'm doing. Got Harry Potter and then Destiny 2 Lightfall coming out, man. I'll be fucking swamped. Clone Force with a 499. If Jay and Jimmy get involved in Roman versus Cody, do you see KO and Sammy coming to save Cody from the Usos? I, I don't know, man. Maybe. I think Roman should lose clean, to be honest with you. Bijan Worth with a 199. Any chance Sammy wins at the Elimination Chamber? Not a shot in hell. Sammy is not winning at the Elimination Chamber, bro. Anyway, guys, that is uh, basically all we have for you this evening. Look at a beautiful fucking shot of the OTS venue. On this Monday evening, we're about to get out of here, man. We're about to hit the road. We're about to hit the road, man. Appreciate you guys stopping by as always. 
great night. Monday Night Raw post show in the books. And next time you see me, we'll uh, more than likely will be, I don't know, tomorrow maybe, depending on the news. It's been a slow month. I think everybody's just waiting for the chamber. It's been a very slow month everywhere. If you don't see me tomorrow in the sub boxes, man, to, uh, tomorrow is uh, going to be my off day, if not. Um, Wednesday, you'll see me and Jesse live for AEW Dynamite. It seems to be just a random thrown-together show on Wednesday as well, but whatever. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up on your way out. We need a little bit more than 100 likes for 1,000 likes. Get those memberships in. Opening night of my mother's basement will be VIP only. So make sure you guys do that for me. And go check out all the other videos you might have missed on the channel. And please hit that subscribe button. We are very, very close to 141,000 subscribers. Guys, I'm getting out of here. Hopefully you enjoyed the stream tonight. Let me see those guitar emojis in the chat. Let me see those rock on emojis in the chat. Mustang emojis, those ace emojis. And let me hear that music turned up to max. I'll see you guys on Wednesday live. Jesse and I from the OTS venue for AW Dynamite right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.